God, we fully acknowledge that there is no other name but the name of Jesus Christ, our King. Lord, today, as we as a group of believers are gathered here, Lord, none of this, none of this makes any sense. None of this has any power to change lives unless we have Jesus Christ. It is empty, it is void, it is useless except for Jesus Christ. He changes everything and he turns everything on its head and allows us, God, to have a glimpse of you. Because of Jesus Christ, our Savior and King, God, we get to be close to you. We get to have a relationship with you. We get to understand who you are. And God, we get to understand above all else how much you loved us through that name, Jesus Christ. We get to see the sacrifice that he made on that cross for each and every one of us. All the blood that was spilled. God, all the, all the, the tears that were shed. God, all the, the sweat that poured from his brow. God, we get to see your passionate love for us. And God, I rejoice in that today. I thank you for that. God, I am overwhelmed by that. God, I pray that you are glorified now as we come to the time when we teach and we learn about who you are. God, I pray that this time brings you glory, just like our praises. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. So we've been talking about what is simple church. I don't know how long this series will last. We've only got, I guess what I'd call three cornerstones of simple church, which is to reach, teach, and serve. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's how long the series will last, only three weeks. I can't say that for sure. I don't know. Only God knows how long it will take. I'm not going to worry about how long it takes. I'll let God do what he's going to do, and then I'll be me and let him be God, and we'll see what happens, right? You know, I, I, I've been to a lot of church services in my day. I've heard a lot of a lot of people teach, and I've heard a lot of people speak and talk about uh, the Bible, and I've heard them say a lot of good things, and, and some of them honestly have put me to sleep. <laughs> Has anybody ever been into a church service that just about puts you to sleep or does put you to sleep? Um, I know that I've been there, and you just kind of want to nod off, and you want to drift off, and you're thinking about, I don't know, catfish or uh, hush puppies, or I, apparently that's what's on my mind today, right? Seafood. Um, or, or, or a steak or a baked potato. Don't tell me in your, your time being in church you've never thought about or dreamt about a steak and a baked potato because I know that you have. I've been there with you. I've experienced that in my life too. I know how the struggle is real, right? So that's what my daughter always said, the struggle is real, Dad. And I'm telling you, there have been times I've been in church services, and I'm sitting there going, man, I'm sure what he's saying is important, but I sure would like a baked potato with butter and sour cream and, and, and a steak cooked medium well. Man, I would really like that right now, you know, and you're thinking about that. And there's going to be some people right now today, as I'm speaking this morning, you will be thinking about a steak and baked potato, and, and that's Okay. If God doesn't grab a hold of your attention and you're not so focused on, on Jesus Christ that he takes that out of your mind, then you might as well stay there in the steak and baked potato world. Um, but I, I've often asked the question in my own mind, like, what's the difference? Like, there have been some services where I've been so moved by the Spirit of God that, like, it just is overwhelming. And I've got, like, tears run down my face. And, like, the, the pastor's up there talking about circumcision, you know. And I'm like, well, why in the world is this... this message moving on me like that and the pastor's up there talking about circumcision and the reality is is that God was doing a great work in my heart 
because of one name, and that's the name of Jesus Christ. You see, if you take this word apart from Jesus Christ, it loses all of its power, right? Now, you take this word apart from, from, from the reality of Jesus Christ and the fact that God has revealed himself through the person of Jesus Christ, then you're like, man, this, it, it doesn't have the power that I thought it did. When we talk about what it means to teach, my hope and my prayer is that when we teach, whether it be in this place, in, in, our, in our worship gathering, or whether it's in the context of our small groups, that we do it under the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Because if you do it any other way, it's, it's gonna, you're going to be thinking about steak and baked potato. If you try to do it any other way, then it's going to come up empty and void. But because of Jesus Christ, it has power to transform lives. And Jesus talks about this, as a matter of fact. In, in, in John chapter 5, which is where we're going to be today, we're going to talk about what Jesus talked about when he was talking to the Pharisees and these guys that are just, I mean, they're so self-consumed. They, they, they don't want nothing really to do with God. They don't really want anything to do with the, the heart change that comes from God. They really just want to be able to say that they're holy without ever being holy. You know what I'm saying? Like, they just want to be able to say, I'm, I've, I've done all these things, and because of that, I'm holy, and I have a right relationship with God. And, and Jesus challenges these guys over and over again. He says, he says, it's not what you do externally that matters. It's what happens inside. And he talks to this guy named Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee, and he says... You have to be born of the Spirit. There has to be a change, a renewal, something different inside of you because of your faith in Jesus Christ, something that renews you and changes you and makes you a new creation. You have to undergo that baptism of the Spirit. And see, these guys, they just had it all wrong. They thought, man, I can just I can play church. I can walk around. I can dress up like I'm really good, good to go in my relationship with God. I can fast. I can give a tenth of what I... What I have to the church, and that would be enough. And Jesus says, you missed it. I, I mean, it is so amazing to me that, that these, these prophets, for hundreds of years, talked about who Jesus was, what he would look like, the fact that he would be born in Bethlehem, uh, the fact that there'd be one that come before him, like his name's John the Baptist. They, they, they knew about what the prophets said about this coming Messiah over and over again. I mean, these guys knew the word. They knew the scriptures and, and what the prophets had said. But he was born, and he was right there in their midst, and they were missing him. They weren't seeing him for who he was. They were blinded by their own selfishness and being so self-consumed that they couldn't see Jesus Christ for who he was. And I mean, they, they're searching the scriptures Looking for a right relationship with God. And, and he's, God's standing there in front of them and they're missing it. Man, I hope, I, I hope and pray that, that, that people, that this, what, one of the things that I'm so burdened about and one of the reasons I believe God put Simple Church on my heart is because there are so many people reading these words. There's so many people out there listening to, to preachers talk about the word of God. But it's coming up empty. They're thinking about steak and baked potato. They're drifting off. They're going to sleep because without Jesus Christ, it's lost its power to them. They don't have a right relationship with God. If you don't have a right relationship with God, you will find yourself tuning out. 
Oh, everybody's like, oh, you mean every, every time I tune out, that means there's something wrong with my relationship with God? That could very well be the case. The reason some people never listen is because they don't have ears to let them hear. They hear it, it goes like in one ear and out the other, and they're like, man, I'm sure that was good for somebody, but it really wasn't for me. You know why? It's because they got Jesus Christ missing in their life. Uh, I mean, you can, you can come in here all day long and pretend, pretend church, man. You really can. You really can. And one day, God grips your heart, and he's like, see, this is real. This is not a joke anymore. We're not playing games anymore. You can't pretend anymore. This is who you are. And he pulls back the curtain and reveals yourself to you, and you go, oh, wow. I, did, I never really thought about that's, that's who I am. And God changes you. You undergo this baptism of the Spirit, and there's something new and something different. And then you come into church next week, and you're like, I never heard it that way before. I never experienced it that way before. And it's because of Jesus Christ, and these folks were missing it. And he was standing there with them, and they were still missing Jesus. They were still missing a right relationship with God. Jesus is trying to tell them. I mean, I, you can't fault the guy. The guy was trying to tell them. You, you can't say, well, he, he missed his opportunity. No, over and over and over again, he tried to tell them. As a matter of fact, he tried to tell them so much, he beat it into their head so much, they killed him for it. You know, I was thinking about the way Jesus came. The only place he could have came that they really, the religious leaders would have cared about him saying that he was the son of God <laughs> it's in Jerusalem. That's the only place in, 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 in that kingdom. That is the only place where people would have came. If he'd have been born in Rome and he said, I am the Son of God, everybody'd have been like, Well, that's a problem, but that's a problem to the government because uh, the the Caesar, he's the one that's supposed to be God here. And if he'd have been born in Samaria, they'd have been like, Oh, you're God or the Son of God, that's great, that's wonderful. Go off and go to Mount Gerizim and worship yourself if you want to. Have a good day. Nobody would give a rip. But the fact that he was born where he was born in this empire, that God was like orchestrating all these things so that he would be persecuted by the religious leaders, by the people that thought they had it right and thought they had it all going on and thought they had a right relationship with God, he had to put Jesus in that place in order that he could be persecuted for saying he was the son of God. That's the only place where anybody would care. Most places they wouldn't give a rip, but they cared in this place. And what was Jesus doing? Jesus was just telling the truth. Now, we know that, right? We know that because we, we got the Bible and we got the Holy Spirit just kind of revealing that to us day in and day out. We understand who Jesus is and everybody believes that, man. At least most people pretend like they do anyway. They believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. But here in this day and time, man, it would have been very difficult to convince people. And it was very difficult to convince especially those that thought they were really religious. The hardest people to reach, the hardest people to reach are the ones that think they're really religious. You see that all the time in the world we live in. Man, I go to church. I dress up on Sundays. I, I bought new shoes to go to church. I, I, I go to Sunday school. I go to, I go to big church, you know. I, I do all that stuff. And, and, man, I must have a right relationship with God. The whole time, the whole time they're empty and void of Jesus Christ. 
And they're sitting there and they're zoning out, not paying attention to anything that's being said about the true word of God, which is our connection with God. Man, this is so precious. All these words are so precious. And there's so many people that are just trying to do it without Jesus. I'm like, really? Let's look in John chapter 5, what it says. Now, I want you to understand that where, where we find ourselves here is that Jesus is just a, healed a guy on the Sabbath, and he told him to take up his mat and walk. Like, you got a little bed there, take up your mat, and you go and you walk because you were lame, and now you can walk, so you need to no longer lay on this bed. You need to go do something. And I believe he was telling him to go do something for the kingdom of God. I believe in particular he was telling him to go share his testimony, tell people what had happened. And then he, he just he sent him out, said, take up your mat and walk and go, and he did. And everybody says, you can't do that. What authority do you have to do that? On the Sabbath, nobody's supposed to do any work at all. You're not supposed to do anything hard at all. So even taking up your mat and walking, that's blasphemous against God. That's, that, that's going against God's law. And Jesus is like, hang on a second. I know a little bit about, I know something about Jesus, God's law because I am the son of God. I am God and therefore I do know what God says. The Sabbath was not created for God, but created for men. And the Sabbath is just to give you a place to rest and a place to, to draw close to God. It's not supposed to be this some superficial thing where you're not even supposed to walk around and carry something. That's ridiculous. And Jesus says, he's testifying about who he is. This is what he says in chapter 5, beginning of verse 31. If I were to testify on my, my own behalf... My testimony would not be valid. But someone else is also testifying about me, and I assure you that everyone else, everything he says about me is true. In fact, you sent investigators to listen to John the Baptist, and his testimony about me was true. Of course, I have no need of human witnesses, but I say these things so you might be saved. John was like a burning and shining lamp. And you were excited for a while about his message. But I have a greater witness than John, my teachings and my miracles. The Father gave me these works to accomplish and to prove that he sent me. And the Father who sent me has testified about me himself. You have never heard his voice or seen him face to face. And you do not have his message in your hearts because you do not believe me, the one he sent to you. Here's what's going on here. Jesus is saying, if I testified about myself and I, I just told you that I was the Messiah, that I was the Son of God, you wouldn't believe me. And in those days and times, it, you, you had to have witnesses to say, yeah, I, I agree with what he said. I was there. I saw it happen. I, I know that this was what was going on. So he goes on to talk about some of the things that God has used to reveal that Jesus is the Messiah, that he's the Son of God. And, and one of those things is John the Baptist. The prophets had talked about him, and they, they, they've talked about how there would be one that came before the Messiah to pave the way, to set the way, to get everybody ready to repent and in, in a state of repentance. And he says, he says, you've heard about John the Baptist, and you received his message for a little while. You were really excited for a little while. Is it like people to get really excited for a little while and then for that excitement to die off? To get really fired up about, about the things of God for a little while and then that to die off? I believe that it is. I believe that it is. They call that the honeymoon period. You know what I'm talking about? 
You're all lovey-dovey and like everything's good and all that. It stays like that for a little while, doesn't it? Right after you get married, you're like, ooh, you know, things are going good. I don't think anybody makes that sound. You know, I don't think they do that. But you, you do. You have that honeymoon period where things are good. You're like excited and this is new and this is different. And eventually that wears off. I was telling somebody today, the new has worn off a simple church. In case you're wondering... Like, like, there were some people that came in here, and they were all fired up and excited about this is these weirdo, freakazoid people meeting in a grocery store, and they were so fired up about that. You know, they are like, I got to go check that out just because that is something different. I ain't never heard of that. This Kenny guy, I heard he's a, he's a nut job, and I just got to go lay eyes on that because that is crazy, and I just want to see that. And God is moving, and people are being baptized, and, and you can see people's lives being changed, and, and man, they're being a family and all this. I want to go, and I want to see that. And then they come, and they see it, and they say, see you later. Shortly thereafter, they're gone. They're like, man, I remember seeing that dude. I'm friends with him on Facebook. He sent me a Facebook friend request. I'm, I know who he is, but man, he was gone as quick as he came, you know? It wears off after a while. The new, the excitement, like, whoo, I want to get, I want to be in that. I want to see that. Same thing happened with Jesus. People hear about his miracles, get all fired up about Jesus. Oh, I'm all about Jesus, all about Jesus. He feeds them. And then the next day he says, you're only coming to follow me because I fill your stomachs, and that's the only reason you'll follow me. And they go, oh, I don't really have any interest in that anymore. Oh, you want us to embrace the truth? You want us to embrace the truth of what you're saying? I'm not all about that. Now, I do like the show. The show is really nice, and I'll be all about the show. But once the show is over, I'm out. I don't want to have anything to do with it anymore. Same thing happened to John the Baptist. They could see this guy, man, he was calling people to repentance, and people were just coming in droves, man. He was baptizing them, and, and, and they were just in love with God and all this kind of stuff, and they were repenting of their sin. And the Pharisees apparently came and hung out with him for a while and thought, man, John the Baptist is a good guy. He's doing lots of good stuff. And then what happened? The new wore off. It wore off. And then they were faced to confront truth. You see this in a lot of people, man. Don't you? The new wears off, and it's like, I don't know if I like the truth so much. I like the show, but not the truth. You'll see, you'll see more people disappear from this place. You'll see more people come in the door. They'll hang out for a little bit, and then they'll go back out. That will happen. That, that's, that's, <laughs> you want to talk about one of the cornerstones of Simple Church? That's one of the cornerstones of Simple Church, is that there, there are people that will come in, they'll stay for a little bit, and they'll go back out. You know what we'll be doing in the meantime? We'll still be preaching the truth. We'll still be teaching the truth. God's truth will still stand. We'll still be worshiping Jesus We'll be standing on the truth of God and in the word of God, and we won't waver from that. It's not going to be about the show, but it's going to be about the truth. And some people just they don't really want that. They don't want that. That's why I teach. It's right in the middle, man. That's, it is right in the middle because we want people to understand who God is, and they want to understand the truth of God's word, man. It's not just about coming in here on Sunday and just feeling good. It's about coming in, I feel a sense of relief because God taught me something new, and that's good, but it won't last. But when God transforms you through the power of His Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ, it changes everything forever. And you have a you 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 see something in God's Word, and you you're like, man, I I got to go home and read more about that. 
Kenny started us on the path, and that was good, but, but that's not enough for me. i got to keep going. I want more of the truth. And Jesus says, this is what he says. He says, he says you don't know the truth because all you've done is, is heard it. You, you searched through the scriptures, but, but you came up empty. You came up empty because it was a heart condition that, helped, that kept you from seeing the truth. And embracing the truth and letting it transform you. That's what it says beginning in verse 39. You search the scriptures because they, you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. You refuse to come to me to receive this life. Once again, I've said this before. People like to talk about God. They'll talk about God on the news. They'll talk about God, God this, God that. But you don't ever hear them or rarely hear them say Jesus. Because God is a generic term. And they like to say, well, that, that can apply to Allah or, or one of the Hindu gods. We can just talk about God and it'll be all okay. But when you say Jesus, then that reels it in. That makes it more controversial. Oh, you're one of those crazy, freaky Christian people. Oh, it's Jesus you're talking about. I believe, I really believe that the, the part of the problem in, in this world that we live in today you got lots of students at Oxford High School and Weaver High School and Mumford High School and Alexandria High School and Jacksonville State University and Gadsden State. you got lots of people talking about God, but you got very few people talking about Jesus. And, and if it's not truly written on the tablet of your heart, if it's just like something that goes in one ear and out the other, then you're just... You're just missing it all, and you're not going to be able to take the truth of this word and teach it to somebody else. You're not going to be able to, to take it and teach it to somebody else. You know that that's one of the, the reasons why we're supposed to be in God's word as, Christi as Christians, as followers of Christ, so we can teach it to somebody else. Do you recognize that? That if somebody, if a non-believer is going to challenge you on anything, they're going to take this obscure passage out of Deuteronomy, and they're going to throw it in your face, and they're going to say, well, what does this really mean? How can the God that you serve really be all about this? How can you really uh, embrace a God like this? That's the reason we're supposed to digest this word and write it on the tablet of our heart and begin to understand more and more and more about God. There's too many people sitting in here, and they just, they just want to ignore the truth and let it go in one ear and out the other. And then when you are confronted with a college professor. Or you're confronted with a so-called friend that wants to challenge you on the scripture, on the word of God. Then you sit there and you go, oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to say. Now am I telling you that you're supposed to, you're supposed to memorize you know, the Sermon on the Mount. And you're supposed to, to be able to recall 45 passages of scripture and all of that kind of stuff. After being a Christian, a follower of Jesus in, in a year and a half? No, I'm not saying that. But I'm talking about a commitment. A commitment to the Word of God. A commitment to the Word of God in the light of Jesus Christ. A commitment to the Word of God in the power of the Holy Spirit that transforms you. That's why teaching is so important here in this place. There's a lot of people going out there and, and treating church like a... 
like a feel good, like, like a, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? The Tony Robbins guy, like an inspirational speaker. Yeah, like, oh, I got a really good inspirational speaker at my church. Well, if the message is not based on the word of God, if it's not grounded in the word of God, in the, the truth of God, then it's just going to make you feel good for a little bit, and then it's going to be in one ear and out the other, and you'll still be feeling empty and alone and desperate and all those kinds of things in three days. But, but, man, if you'll let it come in and you'll let the truth of God's word penetrate you with the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, it'll be written on the tablet of your heart and it'll transform you forever. Listen to what he says to the Pharisees. He says, your approval means nothing to me because I know you don't have God's love within you. For I have come to you in my Father's name and you have rejected me. Yet if others come in their own name, we will gladly welcome them. No wonder you can't believe me, for you gladly honor each other, but you don't care about the honor that comes to the one who alone is God. Yet it isn't I who will accuse you before the Father. Moses will accuse you. He's going back to the Scriptures. He's pointing back to the Word of God. He's saying... He said, the scripture that Moses wrote, it will accuse you. You will be able to see yourselves in the light of the scriptures. The scriptures that you're searching for to try to find eternal life. You will recognize at some point, you will recognize the fact that I am the Messiah that was written about. I am the one who came to bring you life. You've been looking everywhere else, but you haven't been looking to me. You haven't been looking to me, and I'm the one that that God has promised you. I, I am the living word of God. God's incarnate promise of God for a Messiah, one to take the the sacrifice, to be the sacrifice for you and I. I am him. And you will see that one day. You will see that one day. It says, not I will accuse you. Moses will accuse you. Yes, Moses, in whom you put your hopes. If you really believe Moses, you would believe me because he wrote about me. But since you don't believe in what he wrote, how will you believe in what I say? Jesus was very confrontational to the Pharisees. He, just like he's very confrontational with you and I. You, you feel yourself getting sick during the message, and, and you know the truth of God's word is really dealing on your heart, right? You know that, that, that man, what you're hearing, it, it's, it's true. It's true. It, it's convicting. It's convicting. But this, this is what a lot of people do. They, they say, well, that's, that's good, and it's convicting, and it's challenging, but it's not of Jesus. I, I, I love Jesus, and I, I know that I love Jesus, and because of that, I have a right relationship with Jesus. But they don't study the Word of God and see what the Word of God really says about having a right relationship with Jesus. And then one day, one day, they just open their eyes and they go, oh, I had it all wrong. Oh, I thought I knew what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus, but I don't. But I don't. The problem is, as you get older, you think you've got everything figured out, and you think you've all got it worked out, and you think that, yeah, man, I, I don't need this stuff, man. I know what I know what I know. And it becomes so much more difficult. It becomes so much more difficult for you to surrender to the truth of God's Word. We have small groups. That's how we teach here at Simple Church. The primary teaching does not happen in, in this place, in case you're wondering. The, the primary teaching happens in small groups. That's when we get together 
as smaller groups and we talk about the Word of God and we talk about the things of God and we talk about how God is being uh, very real and very present in our lives and there's just teaching in that. And it's so foundational to what Jesus would have us to do. If you look at the disciples and what they did and how they got the Word of Jesus out, man, it was, it was in small groups, small pockets, primarily because they were being persecuted and people rejected Jesus, but... These guys would go out and they would, they would start small churches and there would be this group of people that would understand more and more about Jesus and the teachings of Jesus. And they wanted that. And they wanted to talk about that. And they met all the time. They didn't just meet once or twice a week. They met all the time to sing praises to God and to, to learn more about Jesus. I don't understand. I don't understand why, why it's such a struggle for people that, that actually love Jesus, that, that really have a right relationship to Jesus, to come and, and hear the truth of his word. To come and, and embrace the, the, the truth of the Holy Spirit that lives within them. I, they got that flesh just pulling them the other way. And I just say, man, if you have Jesus, if you really want to bask in his word, you need to, you need to look to the Holy Spirit and to Jesus Christ himself to be able to embrace the truth of his word. Too many places are trying to do it without Jesus. And I'm like, that's why. That's why people are focused on other things and they're not focused on Jesus. Because they're trying to do it without Jesus. My hope and my prayer is in this place, man. We, it, it's all about Jesus. It, it is simply about Jesus. And, and, and nothing ever moves away from that. That we don't start trying to rely on great events or rely on on. on on our trips or on missions. Those things are great and they're wonderful to do. But if it gets away from the core and the central fact that Jesus Christ is central to everything, then we've missed it. We've just become a social club that gets together once or twice a week. It has to be based on Jesus. So in your life, in your life, you have a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Is it because of that, that power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within you that, that you know more about God? You have a much greater desire to know more about God? Or would you rather zone out and focus on something else? Because I believe that that can be a real indicator for you and your relationship with God. You can search all day long in the scriptures to look for eternal life. But if you don't look through Jesus Christ, you'll never find it. You'll never find it. Let me pray. Father, thank you, God, for the power of your word. God, teaching is so central to what we do here. Uh, I know that, that today's message, God, uh, it may not have fallen easy on our ears and on our hearts. God, but the truth is that, that the condition of the world we live in, God, they don't take the word of God seriously. Uh, there's no... There's no desire and passion for the Word of God. There's no zeal to come into the house of God and to, to hear God's Word preached and teached. They just People in this day and time just think that they're just checking a box to come into a, a church service. God, I, I thank you that this place, the heart of this place, is that we, we desire to be focused on the truth, to be focused on, on the reality of your Word and what it says and how it is we're just supposed to have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior. God, I pray. I pray that we never try to do it another way. And for the person that's in this place, 
They don't have a right relationship with you. They've never put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And because of that, it's like they can't hear the truth of your word. They can't penetrate that wall that exists between them and you. And God, I just pray, God, that you would tear down that wall. God, you would open their eyes to the truth of your word, that your Holy Spirit would move with passion and compassion on them, Lord, and they would be able to see you for who you really are. Now, the problem is the Pharisees, they couldn't see. Now, they couldn't see God. They couldn't hear his voice, even though he was standing right in front of them. And God, I just pray, Lord, if there's somebody here that's like that, your Holy Spirit is calling out to them, but they, they just have have stopped their ears and they're, they're shouting in a loud voice trying to block out your call Lord I pray God that you would just open their eyes open their ears God let them hear you let them be close to you God we need you we desperately need you God I pray that you do a great work in this place in Jesus name Amen